speaking of which, you know how I got these scars? No. But I know how you got these. What's up, fool? Hey. I'm still here. In his head. It's what the Huckleberry said. Hey. Hello. And welcome to the Flamcat Podcast. This is your host, the artist, David. I'm your Huckleberry. Kate, you're not wearing a bustle. How lewd. <laughs> hey, here's some stuff that happened. That's what I'm going to do now. See, the way this is going to work from now on, I've just, you know, I've narrowed down my uh, my uh, corporate mission is I'm going to have I'm going to do stuff and then I'm going to tell you about the stuff. That's <laughs> if that don't turn this thing around. I don't know what will. OK, remember, remember a couple episodes back when I was glowing because I was needed as a dang paterfamilias to comfort my my child who was down, and I was like, oh, man, I miss these days when I, I can actually be a productive member of society. Hooray for me. Yay. Well, it happened again. Not sadness. No, let's not bicker and argue. Oh, okay, no. It's not sad. You know, my daughter being upset, that's a sad thing. But I was there because I'm the goddamn bad familias. Uh, I got a really good boost this week. I'm going to tell you what happened. It's kind of cool, right? You know, because let's face it, my kids, you guys know, my kids are groated. They're growed. Growed? Grown't? Grown't. I believe the proper uh, word to use in this uh, context is groaned. My kids are groaned. My daughter will be 25 this year. My son's 20. <laughs> what, what, what the heck happened, man? Remember when they were little member? Some of you that listen to have listened to the Forty Year Old Boy podcast with my boy Schmitty. Remember back in the day, I used to have them cut promos and stuff, and they were all stumpy and cute. And I, th- th- what, what happened? Well, they're grown, man. So all their uh, issues that may need parental guidance—they're all adult things. They're all stuff like you know investments and what do I do with my money and how do I manage the college uh, debt and you know that's dude, that's the missus. I can't help it. I can't help anybody with grown-up shit. Like I said, man, my uh, my time to shine was from the time they were born up until probably about oh high school, and then they started getting mature. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I hate mature. All right, so you know, 
I'm kind of just been, <laughs> they don't need me to drive them anywhere. They don't need me to coach them at anything. They don't need me to teach them anything. It's just now we're now it's supposed to be the part in our lives where we're just, we're just a bunch of happy grown up people. Like one of them old beer, beer commercials or, you know, one of those old Docker commercials. Where we're all sitting around and enjoying a fire with flannel shirts on. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> what's my, what's my purpose as a damn paterfamilia? Well, check this out. This week, I heard from my uh, my cousin Gort. Turns out uh, the Gorts were in need of, of, of assistance. Now, I don't want to get into specifics because it's personal stuff, but, you know, uh, the person they rely on the most to watch their boys, I've mentioned their boys, my little cousins, uh, Bane and Duke. Those kids are awesome. And um, the, the person that helps them out, you know, watching them whenever they need it is, is, is Kay Gort's mom. Which I dig because you know when I when when we when we had our little Ava, you know both Granny and my mom would help us out. You know we, we we're just one of we never the kids never had a babysitter, you know like an actual like an outside person. And come to think of it, I don't think I ever I don't think Lawrence and I ever had a babysitter. We had family. We had my uncle Phil or my uncle Art would watch us or any of my aunts or uncles. You know, the kids were the same way. It was either granny or grandma were there. Grandma and papa would come over or grandpap and granny would come over and they were cool. So it was never really like babysitter stuff. But, you know, you when they're little, you rely. You rely on them. You know, they need somebody to watch them. Little kids like that. So she, so uh, K-Gort's mom was unavailable. It's just one of those things. And, and you know, it, when uh, the Gorts, <laughs> as I'll call them... <laughs> They uh, they moved into their new house. They're not that far from us. They're not like fifteen, not even fifteen minutes from me. So I always told I always told Matt. I said, "Look, man, if you ever get in a jam, you know, and you can't you can't get your mom in law, mom in law. That's a nice word, right? Can't get your mom in law to help. You know, bring them over. You know, the missus and I would love to have those the boys over because they're cool. You know, and would you rather go to a babysitter or would you rather go to family? Like whether it's your grandma or your uncle or your goofy cousin, and uh, they needed. Matt, he asked me, could you watch the boys during the day? Uh, like, they had, to, they had to go somewhere. And uh, I'm like, yeah, cool, dude, yeah, sure. I, anytime, man, anytime. You know, I said, I said that on the, on, the, on the text. I was going to say phone, but nobody talks on the phone anymore. Uh, I said, yeah, yeah, man, cool. I said on the outside. On the inside, I'm like, shit, yeah, man, I cannot wait. Finally get my street gang back together. We're getting the gang back together, boys. All that meant was I was getting permission to do all the silly childish shit I love to do anyway. But now I got an excuse to be doing it. Oh, I, I'm watching my cousins. I, I, I'm, no, that's all right. I, I don't really like playing with <laughs> dolls and guns and explosives and shit. But oh, I, I, kids like that. Kids need that kind of shit. Uh, it's... Anything for the kids. I'll sacrifice anything for the kids. So I signed up for shenanigans. Because, you know, it's like history repeats itself. My Uncle Phil used to watch my brother and I. We never felt like we were being babysat. Sitted. Babysitted. We were never babe. It was our uncle came over to, to cheat at board games and <laughs> mess us up for life. You know, that was his thing. Tie our socks together. <laughs> Unbeknownst to us, we get up, we fall down. It's hilarious. 
I wasn't going to do that kind of shit. That's there's a difference between 70s fun and modern day fun. And uh, <laughs> my uncle Phil used to do that. You know, you know, when you're a little kid, your socks are all floppy. Like you spend most of your uh, early childhood years with floppy socks. So if we were sitting on the couch, you know, reading a comic book or something or whatever, watching TV, not even paying attention, Uncle Phil, who would watch TV on the floor. That was his position. He just kind of lay, lay kind of casually on his one arm and just watch our free cable. And we, he was, be where I could see you. All right. You know, and we'd be sitting there on the couch, like I said, reading a comic book. And next thing you know, our socks are tied together. What the hell? <laughs> So I always, I, I make uh, both uh, Gort and his brother, Mike, I, I always tease him about it, make him laugh stories about their dad, because that's before he growed up, you know, he was, he was in his 20s, he was doing goofy shit, I'm like, dude, that was the best. So I said, yeah, of course, you know? So I, now, K. Gort is, is, a, is, an, is an educator, I think they call him teachers, so I said, well, let me, you know, this is new to them. They, I've never watched the kids before. I've never watched the boys before. But I've always volunteered. I said, anytime you need me, you know, if you need me. And I said, well, I, I better ease, ease, ease their mind. So I made uh, a lesson plan. You know, I figured I got to speak their language. If, 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 if K-Court's cool with me having an itinerary or a lesson plan or whatever those things are called, she's going to have confidence that our idiot older cousin isn't going to be too stupid watching our boys. So I, here it is. I, I wrote it down and I have it right in front of me. It's titled, uh, this is what I sent them. It's the mini Gortz lesson plan for the day. I sent this before the night before he, they were supposed to come by. I said, all right, it, there are 10 things we have to do while they're here, while the boys are here, while the mini Gortz are in my, my care, I have 10 things we're going to do. It doesn't matter what order, but these are the 10. You ready? Number one, the art of the gang fight. That's a really cool class. Number two, introduction to graffiti. Once again, you go with your strengths. That's where my strengths are. That's what I bring to the table. Number three, basic rear naked chokes. Good thing for a kid to know uh, how to apply a good rear naked choke. Also, how to get out of a good of a, of a, a rear naked choke. It has a lot to do with you know physics and shit. You know, school shit. Uh, number four. Knife fighting 101. That's a given, given our heritage. You know, you, you, you should always keep, try to keep your heritage alive in your children, right? <laughs> Knife fighting is really big with my uh, culture. Okay, five, jumping off stuff for profit. Again, something I excelled at. You know, anybody could jump off something, but when you jump off something and gain things from it, whether it's money, respect, status as a nut job, whatever. It's for profit. Number six, this is a good one. Headbutting as a college major. Now that's that's in our that's just in our blood. That's uh, we're legacies. That's just something. We're legacies. You gotta take us. Number seven, blind archery, which is hilarious, especially when you live near a park. Number eight, backyard orc battles. I got the weaponry. Remember I told you in that episode, I made all that foam, we're ready to do some damage. Number nine, not necessarily a class, it is more of a philosophy. Uh, reading is for chumps. Uh, sometimes that one doesn't go over with the educated people, but that's all right. And number 10, of course, duh, nunchuck lessons. All right, so 
I was I was very happy. I was excited. I have to be honest with you. You know, what obviously I want to help my family any anytime I can. If I can if my being a guy that, you know, works at night, stays home during the day, if that benefits somebody else, if they can, you know, say yeah, yeah, use me, man. It's cool. It was nice to be uh, trusted. And plus, I mean, come on. You ever been <laughs> my house? No kid can resist my the Hernandi home. I got so much goofy shit that's fun to play with that you isn't in normal homes, like you know, drums, <laughs> a, a instrument, every instrument that's ever been created. And my house is not like you know Cameron Fry's house, and where you can't touch anything from Ferris Bueller. I mean, I let I know. Look, I knew they were coming. That's the other thing. This all happened so quick. I had one night to go, all right, I need to de-mex Mexi Park. And that meant, all right, let's be honest, I had to hide Silicone uh, Agnes and Silicone Mabel because they were, that's not a question I want to answer. <laughs> My little cousins go, hey, how come those ladies are wrestling and they don't wear any, never mind, never mind, don't go over there. I had to, so I had to, I had to hide some stuff, stuff that, you know, a responsible adult does not want. I don't, you know, I don't want to creep the kids out. Cousin David's creepy. He had like these naked dogs. No, no, no. There's no problem with me having a million action figures as a grown ass man. I, I got to hide the naked women. That, 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 that. And then, of course, I had to hide my sleepy time medicine because I, dude. I, I took that shit seriously. I go, all right, all right. If if my kid was going somewhere, I'd want to make sure that that there wasn't anything they could. You don't want weird questions when that kid come finally gets home at the end of the night and goes, uh, "How was it at cousin David's?" Uh, it was fun. Guess what? I know what a bong is. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I I had to hide all that shit. Um, but you know, I I let them play. I have instruments that they can play. I have a, I have a few uh uh acoustic guitars that they like to bang on and i got a harmonic i got all kinds of cool shit i hooked my keyboard up they played with that for a while so i mean my, my house it, a kid can't resist it because you got you got all right first of all you got a park on the corner within walking distance you can't beat that pretty we got a pretty big backyard you can do cool shit there i got uh i got the drums i got a million different action figures and i'm not like i said you want to look just because juggernaut is on a shelf doesn't mean you can't touch him. Yeah, play with the juggernaut. Play with my Incredible Hulk guy. I have a thing. No, the guy, the actual guy, Ben Grimm, thing. I have thing. Brought him down. Play, we play, you know, I have stuff ready for them to go. Because they left it up to me. Would you rather come to the house? And I'm like, well, that makes sense. Because the boys are, you know, the boys are comfortable in their own house. And it, maybe it won't be. Because I was always, you know, kind of afraid. Maybe they don't, maybe they don't, you know, they wouldn't like to go to a, to cousin David, they'd rather stay home and play with their shit. But I said, whatever. You want me to come there? Cool. You want to bring him them here? Fine. And they're like, we gotta bring the kids there, man. That's dude. It's a ball. It's a it's a ball over at my place. You know. I mean, <laughs> okay. Let's get carried away. I mean, my crib. My crib's. It's kind. Of, it's it's kind of like you know Neverland. <laughs> Michael Jackson's Neverland, but. You don't have the zoo animals and uh, the kid diddling. Ah. Flemcat Derek. Join that page on Facebook. The Flemcat Podcast. It what? Got its own Facebook page.
say what? Pretty cool. Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. It's David Max 24 oh, yeah. at gmail.com. Write me some correspondence. Yay. Ooh, spanky spank the bum. Uh, uh, yeah, so basically, the boys came over at like, I think it was like 8.30 in the morning. Which, I mean, I had to get up early. That's the only thing that stinks. I had to get up early, but I don't care. I'll get up early for anarchy. Um... So so Matt drops the boys off and we had a ball, man. We did we did some epic gangster shit, man. All right, you know, the basics, you know, gotta ease them in, right? So the first, you know, the first thing they want to do is, you know, because in order to get here, you have to drive down the street that I live on, and then you see that there's a kick-ass park on the corner. You're like, God, cool. Can we go to the park? Shit, yeah. I haven't taken <laughs> a stumpy kid to the park since my kids, you know, we're talking. 50, I don't know, 14 years. See, Val's about six. And Val kept going to the park. You know, kids get to that age where they don't need you at the park. They don't need you to push you on the swing or all that shit. So it's been a while, man. And and since we've moved here, we've lived here for, since 2004. The park's been redone. Now that this park is kick-ass. It's got all the, you know what it's got that's so cool that's on most modern playgrounds now? Um, Remember when we were little and they would build our they would build our uh, our playgrounds, our jungle gyms and all that shit on uh, oh what was it called? Oh yeah, cement. <laughs> cement floor. You know, in case you fall off the monkey bars, you have a higher chance of splitting your head open. Man, when you think about the way the way playgrounds look now as opposed to when I was a kid. And again, I, I spent the earliest part of my life in the city. Those parks, I mean, you, you fall off of, you fall off something there. You, you land in glass and gravel and pits of shit. I mean, so they redid our park and now the park there has got this foam spongy floor. It's like walking on. I, I don't even know what you could compare it to. But it's like, man, I would, dude, if I was, if I, if I grew up with this shit, I would probably, I, I think I would have gotten hurt worse because I would have tested the safety limits of the spongy floor, but they replaced, you know, it's all modern molded plastic and it's still, there's a lot of metal and monkey bars and, but they added this big giant climbing rock with those little, you know, those climbing rocks you go where they hook you up their harness. It's in your taint and you got to use those climbing things that are bolted into the climbing wall. They got a mini version of that. So the boys want to go over there. I, I'll go over there. I'll go over there. And uh, some things are universal. Like I said, it's been a while since I've been to the park. But one game that has uh, has uh, lived is a game called uh, Lava Monster. Now, for a lo- the longest time, oh, um, I was under the impression that I invented Lava Monster because I... <laughs> Dude, when I heard somebody else say Lava Monster as a game, I'm like, dude, I made up Lava Monster. I didn't, I don't think I really made up Lava Monster, but at the time I was playing Lava Monster back in 2004, I thought I invented that shit. But again, it's, it's such a simplistic game. Who's to say who invented Lava Monster? All I know is when we first moved here, Ava had a, a, a friend of hers, her name was Sally, and she was the funniest little girl because 
you know, you know, a little like I made fun of the kid speech impediment. Uh, let's see, 2004, Ava was six. So yeah, Sally, Ava and Sally were both six. And they, they hung out all the time. They had to take them to the park. And the mom was cool and the dad was cool. They, they knew I, you know, I would watch the girls if they, you know, because some people, some parents don't like to stay at the park or they get bored. They sit there, read a book while their kid, you know, falls off shit on their head. But I, I, I'm like, I want to play the shit. I want to be, I'm, dude, I'm in. So I started chasing them, you know, and I would, we would say the, the floor, the, the old, uh, no, when we moved here, the old, the park here was an old 70s cement. It was those goofy wood chips, those rubbery wood chips, and they had like tire tread shit. And then they graduated to the, the moonwalking space floor. Well, anyway, it, inevitably we, it was, we called it Lava Monster. And I thought we, I thought we made it up, but apparently we didn't. Another thing I don't ever get credit for. You'll see some kids playing. One day you'll see some kids playing Lava Monster. You go, hey, I know the guy that made that game up, man. You wouldn't believe. I know the origin of that. Yeah, it was me. Naperville, 2004. <laughs> I didn't invent it. I thought I did, though. It was just weird hearing something that you thought you made up spewed back at you at another park with different kids. Like, whoa! I go, man, I'm really popular. All right, so <laughs> despite the fact that it's been... I don't know how many years, and despite my advancing age, I kicked ass at the park. I do that shit. I always do. Uh, I was always the lava monster because I felt more comfortable chasing them than I did them trying to catch me. Because I think sometimes when you play those games with little kids, you have to little a little kid will get out over their skis trying to catch you because you're a grown ass man, and that's when little kids fall off and break their shit. So I, I was like, I would always. Even if I, I, I did look, you know, I'm too much. I'm an, I'm an athletic specimen. If I really wanted to dominate Lava Monster, I could. They're only five, six and seven. I mean, I could, I could kick their ass if I want to, but it's not what I'm about, man. It's, it's about the kids. So I tag them and then I, I'd run like, you know, that thing where I pretend to run real slow, but I make it look like I'm really running fast, but I'm not running that fast. And they catch me and they think they're all bad and stuff. And then I'm the lava monster again. And I'm like, um, this is fun. And then I realized I was sweating and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. This is, Oh, my heart rate's up there. Oh, oh shit. I think I pulled, I think I pulled my hand. I think I pulled my ass. I pulled my ass. All I know is I zigged when Bane was chasing me and I zigged when I should have zagged and I felt a little cramp come in the upper part of my hamstring right where it meets your uh, buttocks. And I said, oh, shit. <laughs> Always stretch before Lava Monster. I wasn't thinking. But the best part is I really, I wasn't that sore. I, I really thought my ass was going to get kicked because we didn't spend that much time at the park. Because uh, believe it or not, the kids realized eh, there's, there's par parks everywhere. Let's go back to your house. <laughs> no, I don't know anybody else who has a full drum set in their basement that you can actually play on. And then when I went down to show them the drums, because they remember they were at my house before with, with the parents, you know, and they remember going down there and they knew that I had a drum set down there. I have two drum sets down there. I've got, well, Val's got his regular drum kit and I own an, an electric drum kit. That, you know, if you run it through the PA system and you keep the volume in check, it's the same. They sound virtually the same. So we're down there and I forgot that I had had uh, a bin filled with Val's old airsoft guns. And when Duke said, so they are like, 
these guns. Like I said, if it wasn't for the orange cap at the end of the barrel, you wouldn't know they were. They look really there. And a kid sees that they want. And I, I cleared this all with the parents. I you know, before Matt left, I said, are you cool with them doing this? Because I, I, there's nothing worse as a new parent. I don't mean, you know, brand, you know, babies are babies. But when your kids get a little bit older, there's certain things you might let them do and you might not let them do. Like some kids, some parents don't want their kids watching TV. Cool. I get it. That's your thing. I respect your thing. A lot of times I see this in families and it bugs the shit out of me when a younger person of the other family grows up and has a kid, the older generation always acts like they know better. And they probably do. Let's face it. A person that's reached grandparent status knows everything they know about parenting because they've already been through the whole spectrum of it for the most part. It's inevitable that they will act like they know better than you. And that's the thing that used to bug the shit out of me. I don't care. who you Like, I remember, again, this sounds like I'm bitching about my own family, but I remember we didn't want Ava getting too much sugar in her as a little baby. We said we just don't like, you know, so... I think it was, we had a cake or something and had frosting on it or something. And we just said, you know, don't, don't give Ava any of the frost. If she wants some of the cake. Now, granted, maybe that was a peculiar thing for us to say, but who cares? It's our kid. doesn't matter. Grandma, my grandma just gave her a frosting. Ah, you don't know what you're talking about. What are you supposed to do? Yell at your grandma? You can't. You got to eat shit. But I remember that going, wait, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Aren't I? I'm the boss now, right? They're my goddamn kids. You wouldn't be surprised how many families fall apart because of that kind of shit. So I, both the missus and I said, look, you know, if if a parent says don't do that, don't do that. Respect their wishes. Even if you think they're stupid, it's not your kid. So I checked all the shit. I found out if they were allergic to anything because I got weird ass food and I got exotic ice creams and shit. I have to, I wanted to make sure they were, I said, Matt, is it cool if they want to play, you know, and I made their gun symbol because I didn't want the kids to see I'm cool. I got my gangster shit down. It would be really stupid of me to go, hey, uh, uh, can I let them play with guns? And their ears, you got guns? <laughs> no. I said, hey, Matt, is it cool if we play with, he goes, oh, yeah. Matt's a compost. He knows it's in our, it's in our blood. So when the boys see the, the well, it, let me tell you something. First of all, the thing that I noticed about watching these boys in particular that's different from like my brother and myself when we were younger. My brother Lawrence and I were very similar. Now we had different kind of personalities, but we liked doing the same shit. If it involved violence, jumping, falling off, blowing up, fire, destruction, anarchy, that was us. We dug it. Now, Bane and Duke are completely different but in a cool way they each got something cool going on bane was like yeah that's that's neat. but i think bane bane was in the mind that he, he he gets focused on some shit man he he brought these little these little like tinker toys modern they're they're not tinker toys they're called brain flakes or something like these little discs that you can build shit he was doing a thing and i i learned remember when i told that story when we were at the dome you don't mess around when it comes to dinosaurs when it bane bane don't play when it comes to dinosaurs, you can't even make a joke about that. That, that, that shit's off. You no. Know. So I'm like, all right, Bane's cool. Duke wants to shoot all the guns. I'm like, all right. 
so that was a, an element I wasn't used to is having two different kids wanting to do two different things. And, and I wanted to let them do whatever they wanted, you know, within, within reason. I mean, you're not going to burn their neighbor's house down. That's stupid. We live right next door. They're going to know who did it. You got to think, kids. You got to think. But I realized, you know, the boys are at that age now where they're cool on their own. They're cool. Like I, I could go down. Bane was doing a thing. Duke wanted to check out the airsoft guns. So I went down there and I found, um, dude, Val had an arsenal, man. It's like Waco inside that basement as far as airsoft guns. And I mentioned this at an older episode, how when we first got into the airsoft guns was at Christmas, he got a, he got a really cool gun. And I'm of the mind that, you know, I know what it's like to be a kid and get a toy that you need warm weather for, you know? So... He was dying to use his gun, so I, our basement's unfinished. So I, we went down to the basement. I made a, uh, uh, what is it called, a berm? I don't know. Whatever you you can shoot into something, and like a foam thing or a mountain or dirt or something. But the thing you'd see at a pistol range behind it, I think it's called a berm. I made something out of foam, and I just let him shoot in the basement, you know? And then I realized now our basement floor is covered in a million of these little rubber BBs. I can't possibly sweep them up. Uh, new rule, you can't go to the basement unless you have on shoes. So, Because you'll step on one of those, and that, that'll mess you up. Stepping on those things in, like, bare feet or socks, oh, that's awful. So now I got, I got like, three pistols and a machine <laughs> pistol, and I got a, right, Val got into this thing, and we stocked up, and then he kind of got out of it, so I have a shit ton of these BBs left. All right, so I take, I take Duke out in the back deck, and I'm checking on Bane. Bane's cool. He's he's in a he's doing a thing. He's doing a dinosaur thing. And I learned at the Dick Dome, don't fuck around with Bane when he's doing his dinosaur thing. So I'm like, hey Bane, we're gonna go out and, and we're gonna go out in the back and shoot off these guns. You want to come with? And, he, and he's like, yeah, maybe I'll come with. But I'm I could tell he's doing all right. Hey man, you do your thing. I don't want to interrupt like cool discovery shit. You, you, you go ahead. So I had a feeling once Bane saw it was happening, he'd want, he would want in. He'd like, you know what? Why am I playing with shit I got at home that I brought with me? There's new shit here. So we're out on the deck and I've got the guns and I'm figuring out how to load them. And thank goodness the kids are patient. They, they, they see what's going on. They're not, they're very well-behaved kids. They're cool. So I go, I got to make this fun. I'm going to make this really fun. Now, if you're friends with me on Facebook, I think it was last year or something. I made one of those silly reels. Might have been around the 4th of July. I took an old shitty Joker doll that I had, a little action figure that was just, it was a bad knockoff of a Heath Ledger Joker. I have a really good Joker. This was a shitty Joker. And I, <laughs> my cousin, I had a cousin who, uh, for Thanksgiving, brought Val fireworks, which was like the best thing you could ever give my kid. But we didn't use them all. You know, Val was older. He was in high school at the time. So we didn't blow all the shit up. So I have a bunch of fireworks left over. And I go, you know what? We got airsoft guns and I got fireworks. Now I need a victim. So I said, hold, hold on. I run up to Mexi Park. And I'm, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of Mexi Park, but I have shelves all over. With all these cool little action figures, like I got you know, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, I got I got Bruce Lee, I got all these different action figures and molded guys and those Funko dudes. Uh, I have a 12-inch tall plastic action figure of Jared Leto's Joker from Suicide Squad. It's not posable, really. It's kind of a stiff plastic. It's just kind of cool looking. Again, I'm... 
I'm not crazy about his performance in the. I thought it was kind of stupid. He wasn't. A, I didn't think he was a good Joker, but the look was kind of cool, and that's why I bought this action figure. So, all right, let's make this interesting. So, see what I'm doing. See, everything I'm doing is the shit my uncles would do for me when I was little. You know, find some cool game that you would never have thought of on of your on your own, right? So, Duke's in, on the deck, and we're getting the guns loaded, and I bring out the Joker. I go, all right, Joe, all right, Duke, we check this out. I put Joker on the railing and I put him right on the on a deck railing and right behind him over the deck on in the yard is our bird bath. <laughs> I am a genius, right? So now Joker's and I, I stood him right dude, I know all about kid shit and physics and dolls and shit. I knew if I stood if I stood the Joker up and I leaned him his torso back just a hair. All it would take is a decent hit with the, with the soft uh, air, the air pistol thingy, the airsoft gun. If, he, if I hit him high enough in the forehead, he'll fall backwards, backwards and to the left, backwards and to the left. And he's going to fall into the birdbath. And I know once that happens, I got him. I got him. I got him both. I got Duke. And when Bane finds out what's going on, he's going to put down his, his stegosaurus or whatever crazy raptor shit he was building. And he says, give me a piece and give me it now. I want to shoot Joker in the face. I'm like, you're damn right you do. So we, we start firing the gun. And the first time Duke hits it, actually, I think I, technically I hit it. We both shot at the same time. I'm claiming my shot is the one that hit because i don't know where duke was he was all over the place like and running scared when billy crystal and gregory Hines are arguing about who sh shot who you i can't believe you missed all six shots what are you talking about i'm the one that made him swerve oh yeah you made him swerve right well you always lame you always aim low anyway oh good short jokes that's a great thing now running scared is great so duke and i shoot and <laughs> joker falls backwards off the railing of the deck into the birdbath water splashes up and i happen to have because i'm i'm growed i have one of val's old shotgun it's a pump action shotgun that shoots soft air uh, airsoft pellets and duke has a pistol because he's not he, these things are hard to cock you know you got to cock them every time you shoot them the pistols are a lot easier than the bigger guns so i grab the shotgun and i'm leaning over the railing like del pacino and scarface at the end when he's on his balcony and i am just pumping rounds into the birdbath and the joker's laying there and the water starts splashing from each pellet and then duke duke goes gangster with his gun he goes sideways you know and we are lighting this guy up and he and they're belly laughing and bane's like i gotta get in this i gotta get in this one i'm like you're damn right grab a gun son let's party so now the three of us are we each got airsoft pistols we're on my deck shooting the fuck out of joker <laughs> and see who can knock him into the bird bath and then once he's in the bird bath we all run up to the railing and put our guns point blank and just empty the clip and water shooting out it's like sonny corleone getting jacked up at the causeway in the godfather i mean the joker is all messed up and i go okay this is fun right they're like you're goddamn right we ain't doing this shit at home i go you're damn right who's the best who's the best cousin david's the best i said hold on guys i got an idea 
I went and found those fireworks that my cousin brought Val uh, a couple Thanksgivings ago. These are like, I, I don't want to, I don't know enough about, these aren't just lady fingers. These, I don't think they're M80s. They're not so loud that they would scare a kid, but they're loud and they'll blow some shit up. I stand the Jared Leto doll up and I, I bend his arm in front of his body and I tuck this freaking keg of gunpowder in his arm and I get my lighter and I said, all right, guys, you got to stand back. See, I'm look, yeah, I'm a crazy psycho, but I am safety first. Talk to him about how you, you know, the way you point the gun when no one's never pointed at anybody. You know, I'm, I'm giving him the good speech, man. I ain't no, I ain't no criminal. I tucked this firecracker in his, the crook of uh, Joker's arm and I, I, I got them all the way by the door into the house. So they're a good 20 feet away. They're fine. But I want, I, again, I don't want to, you don't want to scare them, but you want to, you want to, come on, boys and girls. The first time you blew some shit up with fireworks, didn't you got a kid, Chubby? You did. It was the coolest shit you ever saw, and I know that. So I'm like, wait, this fucking blows. I light this thing, and it boom, and Joker goes flying back into the birdbath. And no sooner am I like, see, isn't it? They're both at the railing with their guns. They're shooting Joker in the birdbath. It's like they didn't give a shit. They just knew that it's a free-for-all once Joker hits the birdbath. They weren't scared. They weren't like, they were like, this is the best game ever. We're blowing shit up. We're shooting guns. We're busting caps at people. Man, am I glad school's out. I mean, but it was cool, man, because I found things for us to do together. And then there were, you know, they were only over for four or five hours, but it flew by because, I mean, one, like I said, one minute we're doing that, then the next minute... Bane wants to watch something on TV, and Duke asked me if I had any ice cream. I'm like, shit, yeah. Now I freaked for a second because I know little kids, uh, when it comes to food and stuff, they're usually pretty picky. So I knew that, yeah, I was like, dude, I don't, I'm thinking to myself, I don't have vanilla or chocolate or any of that boring shit. I got like, I got like gelato or some of that healthy shit. I don't know. One flavor is like cookie chocolate chip coffee, and the other one's butter pecan, which I love. So Duke asked me, and I'm like, oh, how do I tell him I don't have? I go, I'll tell you. I go, Duke, Duke, I got some cool ice cream. See if you make it sound cool. They're like, really? You got cool ice? Oh yeah, I got I, this stuff's better than ice cream. I go. The only problem is, I don't know if you're gonna like it. So I I gave him a spoon and I opened both the containers and I said I gave him a little scoop. I said. You tell me if you like this, I'll give you a bowl of it and tell me which one you want. So he tastes the coffee chocolate chip. Then he tastes the butter pecan. He goes, I like them both. I'm like, God damn it. You are a compost. So I hook them up with a couple scoops. And I'm like, well, but the thing is, you know how like a lot of little kids, they go with the flow. You know, they're like, all right, well, if he's having ice cream, I want ice cream. Bane's like, nah, I'm cool. I'm watching Teen Titans. I'm like, dude, Bane, you're the man. You're like totally self-sufficient and you're like, you know, I don't care what you're doing. I'm doing this thing. Look, you want to do, you want to blow shit up? I want to read about dinosaurs. Cool. Because I, I have this big giant uh, book called the Encyclopedia of the DC Universe. Um, it, it literally is every DC character, you know, all their bio stuff. It's a great thing to look at if you're into comic books. But obviously it's meant for an older person, but Bane didn't care. 
He's, he's, he's laying on my family floor. He's got this giant book open and he's reading about like crypto, the dog, Superman's dog and like all this cool shit. I'm like, he's completely content, you know, and all, and Duke wants to go back out and blow more shit up. So it was a constant back and forth. They're together. They're apart. They're together. They're apart. Bane wants to do this. Duke wants to do this. And I started, you know, he started getting, he started getting uh, an kind of a feel for their personalities and duke reminds me a lot of uh val and my brother and uh, when we were and me and myself just like adventure shit jumping off shit climbing shit breaking shit bane's right there with him but bane's one of those dudes it's like nah nah i'm gonna do my own thing like yeah all right man he's very he's kind of like analytical man he's almost he's like he, he looks at things and he kind of takes them in, studies them a little bit before he goes, nah, I don't think I want to climb that thing. Where Duke's just like, hey, how the hell did I get up here? <laughs> I don't know, man. I know the feeling. One minute you're on the swing, the next minute you're on someone's roof and you don't know how the hell you got there. You're just there. So in that sense, they're, they're different. But we sit down, right? We sit down at the table because I, I like to go back and forth, you know, a little bit of, little bit of physicality at the park, a little bit of crazy violence with the guns and the... But I also took out what I used to do with my kids. I have a ton of art pads that I got from work, you know, just drawing paper and markers and shit. And there's a game I used to play with Val when he was little. I called it, we, we called it build a guy. Val was always making up characters and silly shit. And, you know, this guy's a superhero and this guy's a monster. And because he was really little and, and, you know, let's face it. I was better in art than he was. I mean, yeah, granted, I was a professional and he was a toddler, but I'm just saying I had skills. So I would do this thing where we would take turns drawing features. I would draw, I would start out with, okay, let's build a guy. Let's build a, want to build a superhero? Yes. I would draw a head. And then I'd say, okay, Val, it's your turn. You draw his eyes. And Val would draw eyes. And he'd say, okay, daddy, now you put his uh, mouth. All right, I'll put his mouth. And we each added a thing. So you got, me who can actually draw and you've got a, a little five-year-old or whatever doing his thing so these guys would come out all fucked up like, looking like with a cool batman cowl head but like wait, one arm's i drew one arm and val drew another arm so he's got like a a muscly superhero arm and then he's got like one of those gary Berghoff stumpy arms it, it, because they're little kids you know that's how they draw these characters were hysterical so i thought Hey, let's bring it to a new generation. So we started doing that. And it worked for a little bit. They didn't take to it as much as Val did. But the one thing they were into, right, is they, want, they told me that they wanted me to, to draw a superhero. And I go, <laughs> I don't know if he said, I can't remember if it was Bane or Duke's idea or mine, but I basically drew Batman. But, Instead of his cowl, on his cowl, instead of his regular pointy nose, I drew a pig nose. So it looks like Batman with a pig nose. And then I put a B <laughs> on his forehead. And I'm drawing him. And I go, what should this guy be? Who should?" Because I, I, I want them to create it. I want them to think of it. I go, what do we call this guy? And I, I don't know which one of them goes. We should call him Bacon Man. I'm like, dude, Bacon Man? Bacon Man is genius. So I, I, instead of the bat symbol on his chest, I draw a piece of bacon. 
I have, I have, it's basically, I basically drew Batman with a pig nose and a bacon on his chest and I drew the bacon bat signal. It's just a, you've seen the cartoon bat signal. It's just like a circle in the sky with the, with the projection arrow coming down. It's like a cone in a way. It's like an inverted cone. And I just drew bacon in there. And I, so I'm dying at the fact that I just created bacon man. And then, so I asked them, I go, all right, dude, what is what does he do? What's his thing? And Bane and, and they're like, he gives bacon to people. I'm like, yes. And I, I, I elaborate. I go, okay, he's a good, ba- bacon man is a good guy. He brings bacon to the people that don't have bacon. And then I get to hear how much they love bacon. And the whole conversation goes to bacon. And it's like, he's the Robin Hood of bacon. He gives bacon to people that can't afford it, don't have it, don't have access to it, love it, can't get enough. He's the Cape Crusader of bacon pork fat or whatever you want to call it so of course i I, so i draw this i draw like a torso shot of of bacon man and i gotta go so my next and my next thought obviously is he's got to have an arch villain i no sooner have this idea then bane has the idea and i go we should make him a bad guy why don't we base the bad guy kind of like on and i don't even get the word joker out of my mouth bane goes he should be called the porker and I sat there for a second and I went, holy fucking shit, that is genius. I was going to say that. That's how I know it was genius. <laughs> um, he said, the porker? And he goes, yeah. I go, well, what, what's his deal? He goes, he kills pigs. He does? He goes, with an axe. I'm like, yeah, he does. He kills. So I draw, I draw the Joker. <laughs> I put a, holding a cart, like a piglet. And in his other hand, he's got a huge ass axe. And I'm thinking, man, I'm either going to make these kids into geniuses or they're going to call child and family services on me for drawing a bunch of bloody axes and shit. And I, I but then I started getting confused. I'm like, wait, 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 wait a minute. So wait, because so, now I want to know the mythology. This isn't a grown up and two little kids now. It's three little kids trying to figure their shit out. I go, so all right, we got Batman, our poor uh, Bacon Man. We know what his his powers are. What what is what is the deal with the porker? <laughs> he goes, the porker kills pigs, so people can't get the bacon from them. He any he, he kills a pig and I don't know what he, I don't know. Again, he's seven. He's seven years old. I don't expect him to know the pathology of pig murder. I, he just was like, they, he won't, he kills pigs. I'm like, okay. So he's denying people access to pigs. Where Bacon Man wants people to have access to bacon. I go, this is really a pretty dynamic relationship if you think about it. Bacon Man brings bacon to the masses. Porker basically just kills pigs with an axe and he won't let anyone eat them. Then why do you want to kill me? Kill you? <laughs> I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no, no. No, you. You complete me. You're garbage. <laughs> Who kills pigs for money? <laughs> you, you want to know where I got this fat back? <laughs> Where's Porky Pig? Where is he? <laughs> Huckleberries on Instagram. Instagram. Huckleberries on Instagram. 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 Instagram.
think I'm just a big immature kid. Well, um, yeah, I am. I am responsible. And I think I'm a good role model. Well, maybe not a real, a real good role model, but yeah. So, hey, lady. <laughs> so we drew, we colored, we lit fireworks, we blew shit up, ate ice cream, <laughs> drank some Coke Zero. Duke was totally into my uh, uh, instruments. And, you know, Bane was into the DC book, you know, and playing with his thing. And then, then of course, you know, like Duke's upstairs jamming in Mexi Park. I gave him, uh, I, I sat him on the, the think bed and I put uh, one of my um, knock around classical guitars, one of my, uh, <laughs> see, that's the other thing. He sees that there's 20 something guitars in there, but I mean, look, I'm, I like kids. I let kids pretty much do their thing if they're cool. But they're, I mean, I'm not handing, I'm not handing my little cousin a Stratocaster. <laughs> Just, so I found him a, a, a guitar and I, I brought up one of my old electrics, this really cheap Epiphone I bought for like a hundred bucks a couple years ago. It was in the basement. It's like my knock around guitar down there. Cause I learned very, very quickly not to put anything of value in the room that floods. So I brought the electric up and I, I plugged in my, that, you know, that Remember I told you about that stomp box that was called the big muff pie or whatever it was called. <laughs> I hooked it up and again, I'm, I'm pretty good with doing this stuff on the fly. You know, it's like, Hey, can we play the keyboard? Sure. Three in less than 30 seconds. I got the thing set up, plugged in, ready to go. So the same with the electric guitar. And I said, look, dude, check this out. He's, he's just, you know, he's just kind of banging on the strings. I don't have it up that loud, but it's a clean tone because it's just plugged into my amp. And I go, check this out. You press this little button with your foot and I show him. It turns all that stuff into real fuzzy stuff. And then he turned the distortion pedal on and the kid, it was like Hendrix, man. He's just doing, he's doing dive bombs. Tap, he starts tapping. Having a ball, playing the guitar. I look over the railing down in the family room. There's Duke chilling, doing his thing with his dinosaur toys or whatever. And I'm like, these kids are comfortable. This is, this is working out. This is working out. I dig it. So then Duke goes, you go, well, I want to play the drums again. All right. So this time, I think we both, yeah, all three of us went down into the basement. And this is to tell you how much fun I think they had. Again, I'm guessing, they, I could be wrong. They could have got home and told their mom and dad, don't send us there again. That guy's nuts. Uh, but Matt had, come, Matt had come to get them at like noon. And at like one o'clock, we're still playing. I mean, they, we were having a ball. It was just the four of us, me, Matt, and the two boys. We're down in the basement, and I plug in. I want them to both be able to play the drums. Now, not that they were fighting or anything. They weren't. You know, but Duke was behind the kit. And I said, well, let me hook up this, uh, the electric set and let, let Bane bang on that one. And then, or vice versa. Bane was on Val's kit, and I hooked up the electric drums for the Duker. And Duke's pounding away on the electric drums. And Bane, <laughs> here's the best part about Bane. When he's done with something... He's done. He's done. He just stops. He goes, I'm bored. <laughs> okay, dude. Sorry. <laughs> Imagine if Keith Moon said that. Where would we be? And he said, I'm bored. He wants to go back upstairs. All right, dude, help yourself. And Matt's like, cool. Or you, you, know, you can help me load more of these. Because they, they wanted to shoot the guns. Constant, constant stimulation, man. They wanted to go from guns to fighting to... <laughs> We didn't even get to my boxing equipment. That was my. That was going to be my fallback position if we got real bored. I would just let them punch the shit out of me in order to entertain them. 
So now Val's kid is, is left unmanned. So I said, all right, Duke, you and me are having a drum battle. Just like Gene Krupa and Buddy Rich. I get on the kit. He's on the electric kit. And I go, you, here's how you do it. I go, you play your best drum solo. And then when you're done, you point your stick at me. And then I'll do a bit. And then we, I'll point my stick at you. And you go. So we had a dr- drum battle. Now, I don't want to brag, but I'm, I'm way better drummer than Duke. I mean, Duke, Duke had some nice fills and shit, but I, I did, I went into a whole Gene Krupa thing, and then I'd kick it over to Duke, take it, and he, he'd be like, boom, 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 he switches the electric drums to like percussion, and now he's, it sounds like he's banging on bongos, I'm like, you are taking the drum, you're taking the drum off to a whole new level, man, I can't hang, I can't hang, you win, I told Duke, I said, you win, dude, that was amazing. See, kids need that kind of encouragement. I made him believe that he beat my ass in a drum battle, and he didn't. <laughs> so their visit is winding down, and it's time to get him to chill out. So um, I hooked up. Remember I told you I had Xbox? This must have been like playing Pong to these kids. They, can, they literally have gaming systems, handheld gaming systems that blow away any console that came out 10 years ago. It's an old, my old Xbox 360 that the missus got me. And I, I'm like, oh shit, I, I can't let them play mix wrestling because I'm not going to have them go home and go, hey, we met the Pog. Oh, cool. That's right. Ah, great. We noticed that all Uncle Dave's wrestlers don't wear pants. At least the lady ones don't ever have pants on. I don't want to do that. And I can't, I'm not going to let them play uh, Grand Theft Auto or any of that other shit. So luckily, I remembered Val had... Lego games, Lego Lego video games where the characters are all Legos and stuff. They have Star Wars. They got all that shit. But the one I found was um, an Indiana Jones. Uh, Crystal, it was one of the titles, Crystal Skull or something. It's Lego, it's animated Lego video games. You're supposed to go into these uh, environments and uh, if your kids ever got into this or maybe you did, you you know, you you knock shit over and then you build stuff and you have to solve puzzles and move items over other items. It's interactive and you can two two people can play at the same time. So I found my other controller. I got the game hooked up and they're playing Indiana Jones Lego, right? Now, they're having a ball and now I realize Bane is just as goofy as Duke. You just can't I made the mistake of trying to make jokes about dinosaurs. That was a ro- at the Dicka Dome that one time. That was a bad move on my part. I needed to read the terrain better. It's not that Bane wasn't thinking it was funny. That's just the shit you don't joke about. Because when he got on the controller to play this video game, I started doing what I always do to make kids laugh. Voiceover. I, I talk for the te- television because in the Lego games, nobody speaks. It's all mumbles. It's all. They don't actually speak. It's just a thing. I don't know. Little kids like that kind of shit. I don't know. But it's indie. The main character is indie. So you got the hat and you got the whip and you can press the button and whip shit and drag it. And he's got the other guy as an assistant. And now we don't know what this guy's name is. So I, for some reason, called him Gary. So Duke. And Bane, instead, you know, little kids play a video game together. It's hard to get, sometimes it could be hard to get them to cooperate. And if you're watching, it can be frustrating. You're like, dude, just put the key in the keyhole, you dick. That's why you can't get out of this level. I don't care. They're having fun, knocking shit over, grabbing, like, there's like little coins you could grab and little prizes and walls you can, they're beating the shit out of this environment. 
and I start doing the voiceover. So, of course, I'm making jokes, you know, good good kid jokes about, you know, underpants and farts and stuff. <laughs> but I'm doing, I'm, I don't realize how ridiculous it is. Because you know me and voice, I go in, in and out of voices all the time. When the kids were little, my kids were little, that's all we did. You know, I do character voices all the time. So I got Indy and Gary in this environment. And they can't, they have no, Bain and Duke have no interest in finishing the level. They just want me to say the funny shit again, 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 right? So here I am. I've totally got a scenario built where, um, Indy's the boss and Gary's his helper, but Gary won't listen because Duke's controlling Gary and all Duke wants to do is jump off shit. Even in the video game, he's jumping off shit. And <laughs> Bane keeps whacking him with his whip. And every time he whacks him with the whip, the whip wraps around Gary and now <laughs> Indy's dragging Gary across the floor. So I go into, I go into my voices. I go, I was like, hey, I'm Indy first. I go, hey, kid. Hey, we got to go over there and find something, kid. Let me lift up this crate. Leave me alone, Andy. I don't want to go. And I'd, I'd make the whip sound. And then when Bane would drag Duke, I would go, oh, this is hurting my buttocks. And the fact that I said buttocks, they were both laughing. And I said, you tore my underwear, Andy, you jerk. I'll buy you some. Hey, kid, I'll buy you some new underwear. We'll go to... We'll go to Target and I'll get you some new underpants. <laughs> I don't want new. I want my underpants from my house. They are freaking belly laughing. And I'm like, this is the best time. I'm having the best time ever. <laughs> Just making them laugh with stupid shit. <laughs> and then they had to go. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, all right, dad, dad said it's time to go. You guys got it. We got to go. So they left and I said, hey, man, anytime you dudes want to come over, you just ask mommy and dad, say, hey, can we go to cousin David's house? I'll be here and we'll blow up more shit and shoot more shit. And just, dude, I'm, I miss the stumpy. I miss stumpy kids, man. Stumpy kids rule. <laughs> so I said they got there so early. I had to get up at like 7.30 or some shit. I, I, I wanted to make sure I was awake. <laughs> you know, nothing instills confidence in, in a parent leaving their little kids with a family member when that family member comes to the door in like a Tony Soprano bathrobe with a f- f- day-old beard growth, belly hanging out. Oh, yeah, I was going to watch your kids. Hey, come on in. You want a beer? Dude, <laughs> it's six in the morning. Uh, scotch. <laughs> it's from Mr. Mom. And uh, you know how I've often uh, complained about the fact that I have different levels of insomnia? Yeah, uh, I <laughs> I went to bed at like 10 o'clock that night, like an old grandpa fart. And I slept like a baby for like seven hours, man. I'm like, I, just, I, I don't need pot to get, I just need to hang out with stumpy kids. They'll wipe me out for a, dude, I'll pull a Rip Van Winkle or some shit. <laughs> oh, how I wish that it would rain. Sunshine, blue skies, please go away. My girl has found another and gone away. With her went my future My life is filled with gloom So day after day I stay locked up in my room I know to you It might sound strange 
but I wish it wouldn't rain. Oh, I wish that it would rain. Yeah, yeah. Cause so badly, I wanna go outside. Such a lovely day. But everyone knows that a man ain't supposed to cry. Listen, Ooh. I gotta cry, cause crying. Hurt I feel inside Words could never explain I just wish it would rain Oh, how I wish that it would rain Let it rain Oh, how I wish that it would rain Day in, day out My tear-stained face Pressed against the window pane My eyes search the skies Desperately for rain Cause raindrops will hide my teardrops No one will ever know That I'm crying Crying, crying, crying When I go outside To the world outside my tears I refuse to explain I just wish it would rain Oh, I wish that it would rain Let it rain, let it rain Oh, how I wish that it would rain I know, lady. Uh, hey, uh, that, that was me with my uh, friends, the uh, Flemtations. You remember the Flemtations? Uh, you, 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 heard, you heard them at Christmas time, and uh, I, got, I just got a text from them. Um, they're back, <laughs> stateside. They were, they were on a European tour, and I think it's time I bring in some uh, new musical uh, talents, because I'm, I think having me be the musical guest every episode eh, it's wearing out it's welcome i don't know it's like i said if you watch saturday Night live and the same musical guest every week you'd be like this is bullshit so i, I i'm gonna bury it up so i gotta i'm gonna accommodate him man because look you've heard the troubles i've had with my other groups doom sphincter and sphincter and the sphincter brothers and all that stupid shit uh these dudes are cool so I, I talked to all five of the Flemtations. It's Boogie, uh, Lil Snot, uh, Mr. Moko, Lucas Mucus, and Big Sniffy. Uh, we're cool. They're, we're going to make a comeback. They're going to be featured. I don't know if it'll be next week or the week after. I, we got we to gotta set up a thing. Because these, um, you know, they're, they're a doo-wop group. But dude, I love that shit. If, I, you know, if I, <laughs> I should have been born in the... In that era when you grew up and you sang, uh, you sang those doo-wop songs on the street corner with your, with, your, with your friends, find me a group of diverse people, and we'd sing like oldies and shit. That'd be cool as hell, man. So the Flemptations are cool. And I'll pro- like I said, I don't know when I'm going to bring them to, uh, to the show, only because uh, today's, uh, today's woke culture, I'm... I got to figure out how I can do their voices without it being the equivalent of putting on blackface because I don't want to be racist. I just want to hang out with the Flemtations. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, it's a, it's a golf anecdote, but trust me, I, got, I think I got a handle on it. Less uh, golf and more about the uh, incidents. 
Okay. Uh, the only reason, like I said, I'm trying to cut back on that because I, I don't want that to dominate every show. I just I think every week should be something weird and different, but uh, this, this just happened today, and I got to talk about it. Uh, your huckleberry almost got into it today with somebody at the course. Uh, not, not as bad as it sounds. It's not, trust me, it's just that devil and angel popped up on my shoulder like, uh, what's his name, Pinto in Animal House. I had one guy going, kick the shit out of him. And I had another guy going, dude, what are you, what are you doing? All right. I know. I, I know it's a teaser. It is a pretty good intro because you know me. I'm not a confrontational dude at all. But this, this is what happened. Uh, went golfing today with the old farts. Now, it was a, it was a, it was a, a small group. It was only four of us. Only four could, could swing it. So we just had one foursome, right? So it's me and my Uncle Phil and, and Golf and George. Now, Golf and George and my Uncle Phil are older gentlemen. And the other guy was Golf Jim. He's more my age. But he was riding, he's riding with Golf and George. I'm riding with my Uncle Phil. Now, if you've ever been on a golf course, they, the, the key to a golf course is they got to take advantage of the land they have and put these uh, fairway you know, holes or whatever you call them in a strategic way where you can, as soon as you finish one, you move to the next. So a lot of times you're running, a, I think the word is adjacent to another fairway, different hole. So let's say my group is teeing off towards a green and we're going from, we're going south right? And the hole next to us is going north. So we're in the T box. We're kind of even with that adjacent uh, hole green. So they're, the people next to us are coming towards us and we're coming, you know, we're, pa- we're going, you know, we're passing each other. We're going in opposite directions. Like, just like traffic. We're going this way. They're going the other way. Trees and shit in between. Now, if, you've, <laughs> if you're a shitty golfer, the idea of the ball landing in the fairway doesn't happen a lot, and I this uh, this is it's embarrassing, but it's kind of funny when you think about it. I'm teeing off, so I hit the ball pretty good, but it's you know it's kind of going towards some trees, and I'm like, is it going to kind of? It might hit the trees. It might stay on the fairway. Nope, it hit a tree. I mean, like on the trunk, it made that noise. When you hear that, you're like, oh shit! I have no idea where this ball is going to go. But fortunate or unfortunately, I just want to find it. I don't care where it goes. I just want to find it. This ball shoots like 120 yards straight into the other fairway. So now my ball is on the fairway of the next hole around the same distance it would have been if I had been on that hole and hit my driver. So I hope you're following this. So it's only about 150, 170 yards away from me for, for the tee box we're in, but it's, it's, in the other, it's in the other fairway. But I, like I said, I use those Hulk balls. They're bright green. I could see this shit from a mile away. It's sitting literally in the middle of the fairway. And I'm thinking, all right, I'll let the guys tee off. I'll go over there. They won't, we don't take it that seriously. I, I could either try to play it from where it is, which is a pretty good lie because it's in a fairway try to hit it back into fair territory get back in the game or just go pick my ball up and just drop it they don't care i don't care i'll take the penalty it's no big deal now the mistake i made is i didn't go get the ball initially because i've learned that you know you you kind of do things as a group you know you don't take this as an in, you you drive and then you leave you wait for the other dudes to tee off and then you all go together 
So the other guys tee off. Now I'm watching the ball in the corner of my eye because I got to. I, I got to remember. I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna grab it. I wonder if I can. I'm, I can see it. I turn my head to watch. I don't know one of the other guys tee off, and I look back, and the 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 foursome that's on the adjacent fairway that I hit into is now approaching where my ball is because that's right around the area where their drives landed. But they see the ball's right in the middle. And I'm waving to him to go, hey, you know, that's my ball. Because this course we're on, we learned as we were going, it's one of those ones where if you miss the fairway, your shit's in woods and bushes and gulches and ants and shit. There's a million balls that have just been discarded. And Golf and George, I think, collected all of them. Because basically, you can tell when a ball's been there a while. It's kind of not cool to pick up one that might be in play you, you always I'm, I'm not i don't scavenge balls it's just I, i'm not like some fancy lad i just i do a thing i use the green ball i don't care if it's a titleist pro v that's laying and been discarded i don't care i don't want it take it i'm not i'm not <laughs> scrounging old ass balls anyway that's beside the point so i'm waiting the our guys tee off and i look and now those guys and the other Jason are all in that area. And I'm trying to wave to them, but I don't know if they see me. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll go over there. So I get in the car. Uncle Phil's driving. We go across onto the fairway. And now they're all grouped in one area. And now I see my ball's gone. Now. If I had a rough idea where it was, or maybe it was in the rough, or I was looking for it, I could see where I could give these guys the benefit of the doubt that they didn't see the ball or they didn't know it was there. That's bullshit. I got, I, I knew exactly where the ball was. And when I got over there, it was gone and their carts are all in that area and they're starting to line up their approach shots. And I put, we pull in front of them and I get out of the car, uh, car and I, now I know, see it would have been one thing if I didn't know and then realized what had happened. I knew instantly what had happened. They took it, they picked it up. Now, if you pick up a ball by mistake, it's a mistake. But if somebody comes over and goes, hey, did, did, a, did my Callaway Warbird with a, with a number one on it and a little picture of Daffy Duck, you go, oh, yeah, that's your ball. You give it back to them because it's a fucking golf ball and you're not a, an idiot. Well, apparently these guys are idiots. Two older guys. One guy was a house, man. He weighed about 400 pounds. The other two guys are younger, younger than me. And bigger than me, which isn't saying much. I'm only, I'm literally, I'm 5'9". I, I walk around at about 186 now these days. I'm not an imposing figure. I get it. But I walk, I, we get the cart, pulls, we pull up and I get out of the cart. And now I'm, I'm staring at four guys and none of them will look me in the eye. <laughs> and I'm like, you fucking assholes. You got to be shitting me, right? So I go, guys. And I'm not, I can't come right out and accuse them, even though I know. I go, guys, did you see a, a green, lime green, matte finish Wilson with a skull and cross? I can't be more specific. It literally was in this fairway right here where I'm pointing. Did, do you guys have it? And none of them, oh, dude, you can, I'm not some uh, mind reader, necromancer. But you can kind of tell when somebody's not telling you the truth. Oh, no, we didn't see it at all. No, we don't. We don't. And I'm like, you fucking dicks. You know you picked it up. You know, I didn't say this. 
And that's when the angel and the devil, because part of me goes, fuck this, man. You don't take my shit. I don't put up with this shit. I don't care how big you are. I will be carried off this course on a stretcher after two big dudes beat the shit out of me with their five irons. I don't care. And I, that's a dangerous thing to have in, in your uh, uh, repertoire, <laughs> if you want to call it that. It's, I'm capable of it. I just don't do it. Because nine times out of ten, if you think it through, you're like, what am I going to do? Do I really want to get in a fight with guys on a fairway over a, a golf ball that probably cost me $1.25? I bought, these balls were cheap. I don't know if they were Wilson. I have another brand called Nitro, which are really cheap. I don't use expensive balls. Why they would take it is beyond me. But then again, Golf and George is picking everything up he can find. Maybe it was karma. I don't know. I'll get to the karma thing in a second. And I'm standing there and now I'm pissed and none of them will look at me. And I wanted to, I, dudes, you don't know how bad I just wanted to lay into them and go, okay. Then I thought again, devil and angel and devil on either shoulder. What are you going to accomplish here? What's the difference? You know, it's again, it's a scary thing. It's the principle. Now, when you find yourself at a point where you're willing to fight two big giant dudes over a principle, you, there's, you're mad. And I was getting pissed because it would have been so simple to go, oh, dude, this is yours. I'm so sorry. Here, here, man. We've been finding balls all over these. And I would have been like, dude, I totally get it. But I literally just came over here, described it to you, knew exactly where it was. And now it's not here. And you're just conveniently standing here. And they're both, they're like, oh, we, we don't, we don't have, I don't, I don't know. We don't have it. And I, and I said, I go, really? And they, they won't say anything. And I look back and I go, God damn it. Because you know what I realized? I'm only, the only guy I got with me is my 70 year old uncle. He now 30 year old uncle Phil, we're, we're, we're pulling a freaking uh, uh, <laughs> roadhouse back of the back of the double deuce uh, loading dock where me and Sam Elliot are beating the shit out of Terry Funk. Um, that, but no, that, that I got a seven year old uncle. Now I'll tell you something. It's funny because you know, it's, it's, it's a, I guess it's a sign of maturity to be able to think th things through before you do something really stupid. If I had been there on one of my Gooch golf all-star excursions with my cousin, Mike, who's six feet big as shit, and my cousin Gort, who's my size, but big as shit. And I brought my, I brought my, last time the, the Gooch Golf All-Stars went golfing, we needed a fourth. I brought a cousin from my dad's side who's big as shit and mean looking, and he's the nicest guy in the world. My cousin Manolo. I call him Manolo. Um, if, if, dude, I, I guarantee you, if one of them had been in the cart and the other two were near, we would have got my ball back, but I, I, and this is not a knock on my uncle. It's just, I had to assess the situation. I can't expect my uncle who's 70 to get my back when I decide to, to fight the ball thieves. And I, so I'm standing there and I'm evaluating all this in the, in the millisecond that it takes for the thought to go through. And part of me just wishes I could go look, look over at my cousin, Manny and go, Manolo, shoot this piece of chip, man. You know, just, just drop some gangster shit. So I just sat there and I, I caught my breath and I go, this is going to go nowhere. And I'm talking about a, 
a golf ball that cost, like I said, about a dollar fifty, if that. When I literally just hit two into the river, I lost one in a lagoon. What's it, who gives it? Who gives a shit? Is it worth the problem you're going to get into in the next five minutes if you let if you let that part of your personality come out? Are you going to be cool when you walk back with your got my ball back? So what? Now, old Max just sighs, laughs, turns, and walks away, which is the right thing to do. But there's still that part of me that's my dad and wants to Henry Hill the fuck out of these two guys. I'm just an unexpected pistol whip in the driveway. What's your problem, fucko? <laughs> Come near again, you're dead! Um, you touch her again, you're dead! Um, so... Like I said, new Max or, or fed up Max popped up a little bit. And I, I just said, all right, get out. Just turn around and get out of here. This is fucking stupid. You're not arguing. It, it, there's no words of exchange, but you could feel the tension because these guys are fucking lying. They fucking stole the gold. What, who does that? So I go, I go, seriously? And they're like, yeah, we don't. I go, all right. I turned to walk away and I should have, I, I should have just gotten the cart and gone. And I said, hey. Okay, guys, see you later. Enjoy the free ball. And then my uncle, perfect timing, hits the gas. We take off. <laughs> and I'm, 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 all right. You know how people love the tough talk? Oh, you know, and then I told him if he messes with the bull, he's going to get the horns. No, no. But I had it in my mind if one of those assholes says something after I drop the greatest exit line, I'm, I'm literally going back and risking, I'm, I'm going to, I will, I will swing my boxing hands until I'm dead or they're dead. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's scary when that happens because it doesn't happen very often. And at times it does, you know, sanity and reason always prevail. And I, and I always think it's the right decision. Cause like, what's the outcome here? The cops come, I go to jail, they go to jail. What? For what? A <laughs> shitty green golf ball? So yes, I made the right decision, but at the end, I was willing. To, I still had to get that last word in to say, "I know what's going on, you dicks," and just leave. Let them deal with that. Now, you know, in the Hollywood, the Hollywood version, I go and I Jean Vaud, Van Clan, Clan Dam, Bruce Lee, Steven Seagal, flip bone break, triple dragon, kick them all in the face, and say some cool shit as I leave. <laughs> Fact of the matter is, I I had to rehit. <laughs> Cause I, my shoe was, I had, and you know how mad I was? I didn't even, I didn't even count that. I said, that's bullshit. I'm not counting that as a, as a stroke. I'm, I'm hitting my shot and I'm not counting that bullshit. And I started thinking, man, you know what I wish? Cause you know, whenever something like that happens, you always second guess yourself, right? Should have done that. Should have took my putter and put it in that guy's face and then rammed it in his eye socket and then took the other hand, other end of the golfing stick and rammed it in the other guy's anus and I would have made like a weird like foosball table of shit ball takers. So, but it, you know, it rolls off pretty quickly. A couple minutes, I was like, man, ooh, that almost got out of hand, didn't it? You know how the other day I was talking about how I wanted the truth machine to tell me truths just, just for the sake of knowing? You know what I really, you know what, I, I want to add another machine to that line of uh, products that I patent. I want the time, obviously I want the truth machine, but now I want what's, I, I, I'm calling it the karma machine. Okay. I, again, I don't know if it's a jack in the box. I don't want to steal technology from a, one of my other inventions, 
but a car, a karma machine, I don't know if it's a keyboard or you, <laughs> you have to type in a code. I don't know what it physically looks like, but what it would do is it would bring simple, for the most part, harmless karma in an instant, like John Lennon's song, Instant Karma. Instant Karma is going to get you, right? Right. In in my in my imagination and weird mech's mind, I thought, how would this karma? How would the karma machine work in this situation? Maybe it's a walkie-talkie. As my uncle and I are leaving, I go in. The, I get my karma machine walkie-talkie. This is Max. I want to report uh, a fat guy, uh, an old guy, and two young guys for stealing my golf ball. Uh, they didn't. They wouldn't admit they took it, and they didn't give it back. And then the judgment comes on, and then. Uh, Maybe it prints out, maybe it prints out like a, like a fortune cookie. You know, like the bat pewter in the old Batman TV series, he'd be at the bat pewter and they'd get a piece of paper would come spit, piece of paper comes out of the bottom of this walkie talkie I just made up. And it says on the 16th hole, uh, while getting out of the cart to hit his pitching wedge, the fat guy's going to shart. Like right, like shit fart right in his pants. He's going to gamble and lose. Now, to me, that makes sense because most people would take a karma machine and go, that guy cut me off in traffic. I hope he crashes and explodes. No, 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 no. It's not, the, the karma machine would not be ideal for somebody who has a temperament like that. You don't want that. What I want is the, the punishment to fit the crime in, in accordance to the offense. Stealing a guy's golf ball, you don't lose your job. You don't get your finger cut off at a mill accident. You don't, you know, get rabies or something. You shart on the the golf course, and now you got shit in your pants. It's embarrassing. See what I mean? It's embarrassing. It's awful. It doesn't hurt anyone. Well, except the guy who has to clean the golf cart. And I pretty, you were embarrassed, and you have no idea that that was because you took a golf ball. You don't know that. Now, think of other things. You know, like, like, like I said, somebody cuts you off in traffic. You don't wish they. You don't wish that they get hurt. But what if they just had a really a profusely bleeding nose, just out of nowhere? Their nose just starts bleeding while they're driving. Doesn't affect their driving. They just get shit. They they're all messed up. Or, or, or say they were on their way to Starbucks. They get their coffee through the drive-thru. They're, they are drinking it. And all of a sudden, the bottom of the cup falls out. And they burnt, They get hot coffee all over their giblets. You know what I mean? It's got to fit. You know, I don't want to hurt. All right. The truth of the matter is I don't want the karma machine to actually hurt anybody. Right? I don't want anybody to, to, to see. But that once you start thinking like that, you bring in what's called the butterfly effect. I don't want the fact that I made a guy shard on a golf course because he stole my golf ball and that guy is late for a meeting and at that meeting was very important decisions made regarding the uh uh uh, assembly of a bomb and then the part that is missing is very crucial and then when they go to make the bomb they're, they're missing the fat guy who sharded his input because he was late for the meeting and it blows up and kills 18 sailors see what i mean that's the butterfly effect i don't know what butterflies have to do with blowing up sailors I just know that sometimes the little, like they say, a butterfly, I was about to explain the butterfly effect and I realized I really don't know what it means. I just thought it was a cool thing to say because I heard it somewhere. Basically, I don't want World War III to happen just because I made a guy shark in his golf cart. 
I can't, I can't handle that kind of judgment and punishment. That's a job that's cut out for somebody more heroic than me. Somebody like, oh, I don't know, Bacon Man. Even though it's clear that you're 